It's time. It's time! That's right, you waited some odd months for it, and now it's finally here again. It's time for the Freddy's! Our look back at Season 2 of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the scream takes, the cream takes. <laughs> nope, weren't any cream takes. Were there, was, was there anything that even could have possibly qualified as a cream take? There was some suggestive stuff. Oh, there was that one in the episode The Cheyenne and I watched where they were eating the banana splits. I don't know. There may not have been any cream takes this year. This is our season in review episode, The Freighties. And we have a stacked lineup tonight. Uh, we have a lot to discuss. Eli, why don't you tell us what our first... Uh, category of discussion will be. All right, David, our first category, and then immediately followed after, our first category and our uh, second category are favorite monster and least favorite monster. So let's start there, Dykus. In all of season two, what was your favorite monster? This was a hard one for me to settle on. My initial instinct was to say the uh, frozen ghost. During that episode, I, I spoke really? at length about how terrifying the Frozen Ghost was and how it you know lives on in the imaginations of children, of 90s kids everywhere. Out of context, it's such a scary, iconic thing, but I have to follow my heart here. The thing yeah. about the Frozen Ghost is we've seen lots of spooky kids on this show. We saw the Lonely Ghost. We saw the, mm-hmm. the Red Bicycle Ghost. You know, spooky, pale kids are a dime a dozen. True, true, true. I'm going to be true to my heart here. I have to say, the clear answer is the mother lizard from the tale of the hatching i knew that's what you were going to go the with gigantic 20 foot prop that explodes like a pumpkin at the end because we've never seen a monster like that on the show before and we probably never will and it caters to my love of giant reptile monsters that i've harbored since i was a child so yeah wow gotta go with the mother from the hatching it's awesome yeah what a great pick the mother the master from the hatching is definitely one of the most iconic monsters in the show, I think. You know, like we said, the ghosts visually, seeing those ghosts, any, any shot of them, they're very scary immediately. But the mother monster from from the tale of the hatching is kind of incredible. It's, as we said, the first and largest animatronic monster creature thing that we've gotten so far. Its ending is spectacular. The idea that it's about to eat these two kids is terrifying. It's a great, it's a great creature. It's one of the few true monsters I think we got this season. We got a lot of aliens, we got a lot of ghosts, but nothing as beastly as the mother. So, gotta go with the mother. I, however, am actually gonna go with one of the only other few monsters that we got this season. Oh? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the tale of the frozen ghost before you switched to the mother monster, not Lady Gaga, the the lizard mother monster. It's funny that you mentioned the Table of the Frozen Ghost first, because if you asked me before we'd ever started recording this podcast what the most iconic uh, antagonist was in my mind, it would have been the Frozen Ghost. That episode was the number one episode for me as far as clear memory of it, love of it, um, everything. I could I could draw a picture of that kid before we started this show. But I've since fallen in love with uh, Aaron Tager's performance as Dr. Vink, and the best, uh, best Dr. Vink episode that we've gotten so far, so far is The Tale of the Midnight Madness. And The Tale of the Midnight Madness has one of the few other monsters in this season, the Nosferatu. And it's great! I love the Nosferatu. It's scary, it's fun, it has great special effects, probably some of the best special effects we've seen in the show yet. 
Uh, its ending is is suspenseful and climactic. It's it's an excellent monster. It's well done from start to finish. So even though I can appreciate your answer of the master, the mother, I'm going to say the Nosferatu from the Tale of the Midnight Madness. It is horrifying. Uh, I don't think anyone would question that. So there you have it. Uh, a split decision on favorite monster. So both both solid choices for best monster. Now we come to maybe a trickier question. What was the worst monster of season two? <laughs> season two, <laughs> season two is a season with some really lousy antagonists in it, isn't it? Yeah, I'm kind of, looking at Wikipedia. I'm kind of shocked at the number of crappy antagonists that this season featured. But what was the worst one? And I'm not going to allow you to count the Sandman. Was it Bobcat Goldthwait's Sandman? Who else? <laughs> was it was it a typewriter? Was it a totally unparanormal, non-murderous? mundane assistant principal. What is it, Eli? Give me an answer. The worst villain of season two, or the the, the lousiest monster of season two, because I am going to say it has to be an, an actual monster, is probably... Oh, gosh. Is it the kids from the tale of Old Man Corcoran? Yeah, it is. That was going to be mine. I know that's a stretch because there's nothing paranormal about their appearance. You don't find out they're ghosts until the very end. But yeah, they're lousy villains. Their motivation is never made clear. And that's not like that. In a better episode, that might serve to make them more mysterious and creepy. But in the tale of Old Man Corcoran, they're just kind of jerks. Yeah, it's such a complicated decision because like Old Man Corcoran is an old man with an axe. How is he not the villain? (laughs) If we're going to define monsters in a more traditional sense, I'm going to say Harold the Rabbit from the Tale of the Dark Dragon. That was what I actually wanted to choose, was Harold the Rabbit. Even though I love Harold. <laughs> Harold! <laughs> yeah. He's he's not he's not truly my least favorite monster, because I have a deep abiding love for him. Yeah, I kind of... But he's an ineffective monster. I kind of love that he reminds me of that one Goosebumps cover with the scary rabbit on it. Yeah, monster blood. No, wait, uh... Uh, the one about the hair, Bad Hair Day. Yeah, yeah. Monster Blood was the the hamster. Yeah, he's a cross between the hair from Bad Hair Day and the hamster from Monster Blood. Two. Is it Monster Blood or Monster Blood? It's two? Monster Blood Two. Okay, my first Goosebumps. Um, yeah. Oh, really? Really? Oh man, I have no idea what my first Goosebumps book was. I feel so bad now. I... Um, yeah. So season two had some complicated villains. They a lot of them skirted the line between either not being monsters or not being villains or being a typewriter like it's kind of hard to pin down the worst villain of this season or the worst monster of this season because of how far flung the episodes were you had bobcat goldthwaite who was hilarious and not at all scary and in very few ways antagonistic you had an episode where the paranormal events i'm talking about the tale of locker locker 22 the paranormal events weren't really caused by an antagonist and the the tragedy that happens is totally unrelated to any sort of like malicious intent. So there were a lot of episodes where there weren't great villains. Even the tale of the thirteenth floor, the villains were trying to save a girl. It was a rescue mission. Yeah, that is weird. I'm counting at least five episodes this season that didn't have a a real villain. I'm also just now noticing how the plot of The Tale of Locker 22, which we didn't like very much, and The Tale of the Shiny Red Bicycle, which we liked a whole lot, are incredibly similar. I think I know the reason I didn't like The Tale of Locker 22. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I 
<laughs> I was hoping you were just going to drop that in. Yeah. <laughs> the audio clip that just keeps on giving. <laughs> Such terrible acting. I feel so bad for Where her. would we be without that line reading? Um, so on that note, we might as well segue into our next category, which was worst episode. <laughs> And I think even the worst monster, it was a sort of muddy water to get through. Worst episode is not, right? This is this is the tale of the Hungry Hounds of season two, isn't oh, it? Oh, there's... Uh, well, there's one clear-cut uh, winner, quote-unquote, in this category. What were you going to pick, just to make sure we're on the same page? It's the tale of Flocker 22. Oh, no way, man. It's the tale of the fucking Whispering Walls. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, an episode um, so bad you forgot about it? <laughs> oh, fuck the tale of the Whispering Walls. Like, If you want to defend Locker 22 for this category, please go ahead. Well, here's the thing. Um, the tale of the Whispering Walls is bad. But I don't know. There were parts of it that, to me, were interesting. I thought that the main villain looked interesting. I thought that the scary hallway looked interesting. There were some weird things. The Tale of the Whispering Walls was not a fun episode to watch, but when I think back on it, there were, there were visuals and there were, like, moments. At, at least there's... Someone gets a snake thrown at them, and they think it's a baby. Like, the Tale of the Whispering Walls is like a weird dream that you have, and you, for some reason, can't forget it. But the Tale of Locker 22 is just boring. That's fair. I mean, I just remember no episode was as much of a chore to watch as the tale of the whispering walls. And you're right. It has a lot of great imagery. You know, you have the guy disintegrating in the sunlight at the very end, which is amazing. You have the snake, you have the faces embedded in the wall. Like it has all the, the everything you could ask for. It's just not, it's fun. Just not fun. It's not engaging. I don't know what exactly it was lacking, but I, I remember trying, even though I wasn't on that episode, I remember trying to watch that three times, hating it every time. And then almost completely forgetting about it afterwards. So I got I have to give it to Tale of Whispering Walls. For me, it comes down to which episode would I rather watch again. And even though I had such a hard time reviewing that episode because of the fact that there's just not a lot to talk about, the, the only reason there was more to talk about in Locker 22 is because of how fun it was to make fun of it. But if I had to go back and just, like, put one of them on in the background, I think it would be the Tale of the Whispering Walls over the Tale of Locker 22. Locker 22 was at least, at least had some, like, good-bad moments. At least you could make fun of it. And it was structured better. That being said, all things considered, I do want to give a quick dishonorable mention to the Tale of the Dream Machine, which was also just <laughs> yeah. bad. The Tale of the Dream Machine is one of the least comfortable episodes. It fat shames a teacher and turns her into a weird joke. The main character is creepy and abusive to his friends and the girl that he wants to be in a relationship with. Actually, you know what? You're turning me around on this. I am recanting my original decision. Worst episode is The Tale of the Dream Machine. <laughs> the Tale of the Dream Machine ignited my passion for hunting down bathroom signs in these episodes. I'm lo looking at this list of villains. I'm looking at the one where the villain <laughs> is listed as the typewriter. I think that's all you need to know. <laughs> tale of the dream machine it's garbage you know the first season had the tale of the hungry hounds which we really tore into but does season three have more or does excuse me does season two have more bombs than season one let's wait until the end to talk about that in our overview um because i That's, because i do yeah, want to mean i do want to talk about that for a second 
All right. Well, let's get on. Let's get to a palate cleanser. Let's now that we've discussed what the worst episodes are. What do we think the best episode is? Now, just to be clear, this is not our favorite episode, but the one that we think from a purely like technical or quality standpoint is the best made episode. There's a part of me that wants to say the tale of the hatching because obviously I love the monster and I, I raved in our review of it about the set pieces and the scale of it and the music and like it had all this great stuff. There's a part of me that really wants to say the tale of the hatching, but knowing how important it was to DJ when we talked to him and knowing mm-hmm. that it's such a fun episode, the, the clear winner here, the tale of the midnight madness. It's got Dr. Vink. It has incredible special effects, a story that makes mostly makes sense, and you can tell everyone in that episode tried really hard. So I gotta go with Midnight Madness. Yeah, you know, it's funny that we are really decided on some of these answers and really torn on the others, but The Tale of the Midnight Madness is an exemplary episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's what this show should be. I mean, it it finds maybe the best balance of... It's not funny, necessarily, but there are moments of levity, there are moments of, of fright. Yeah, yeah. The mo- the monster is scary, Dr. Vink is fun, their boss drinks from a flask. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that. It's great. I love the episode, and it's great. Like, it's genuinely excellent. Tale of the Nightman is rightly regarded as a classic episode. It's one where I think every- everything was firing on all cylinders. Definitely the best episode of season two. Is there a runner-up episode that you want to give an honorable mention to, since we both agree so heartily on this one? Ha- Do we want to go for... Runner-up is the hat. Tale of the Hatching. Well, runner-up is definitely Tale of the Hatching. For me, I think it's the Tale of the Full Moon. Damn it, Eli. I want to talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, I think the Tale of the Full Moon is an episode that uh, comes really close to doing all of the things that the Tale of the Midnight Madness does. I think that it is scary at points, it's fun at points, and... Everyone in it is doing a great job at what they're doing. Um, it doesn't. It's not as perfect. Like some of the things you raise your eyebrow at a little bit more than with the Tale of the Midnight Madness. But I think it's a really well-made episode. So I think that my runner-up would be the Tale of the Full Moon. Well, that dovetails nicely into our final category: personal favorite episode. Dicus. Now that we've gotten best episode out of the way, what's your favorite? When we started this season, <laughs> there were a lot of episodes that I remembered very vividly from uh, childhood. I remembered the tale of the Midnight Madness. I remembered the tale of the hatching. I remembered the tale of the 13th floor. I remembered uh, the tale of the, sh- of the frozen ghost. I had no yeah. memory of the tale of the full moon. <laughs> Thus, I went into it with no expectations. <laughs> Little did I know that I was watching my favorite episode of season two. It blew me away in its the audacity it has. The scream takes, the humor, the bizarre, like, 60s music and set decoration inside the house. And, of course, maybe the most iconic single shot of the entire season uh, at the very end with the wolf hand framed in front of the moon. Wearing a Hawaiian shirt. How can how can you not love this episode? It is my favorite, hands down. It was an inc- like I'm amazed that we found it, and I'm so happy that we did. Yeah, we talked about the tale of the Midnight Madness as being uh, everyone firing on full cylinders. It's 
written by DJ McHale, and it was directed by DJ McHale. The Tale of the Full Moon is the first time we have an episode written and directed by Ron Oliver. This is peak Ron Oliver that we're getting, and it benefits from that so greatly. I'm interested to hear, what was your favorite episode of season two, Eli? I'm trying to find a way to convince myself that it's not the tale of the full moon. The tale of the full moon is the episode... Actually, the tale of the full moon and the midnight madness are the two episodes that you should show to someone who wants to know what this show is about. And the tale of the midnight madness is the best episode. And yeah, the tale of the full moon is my favorite. It's so fun. I can't even argue. Favorite episode, tale of the full moon. I will be shocked if we see another episode of this this show that is that much fun. I think that is the right word. Because, like, it's never dour, it never takes itself seriously. And you can't do that every episode, obviously. The fact that it shows it makes it special. I can't imagine another episode being what this episode was. Like, if another episode is scarier but also funnier, if it strikes the balance even better if the effects are better if the story is better that seems possible but i can't imagine an episode that just makes me smile when i think about it more than the tale of the full moon well that about wraps up the freighties yeah, we've handed out the awards. One each for some awards. Congratulations to all the winners. And to the rest, better luck next year. Yeah. <laughs> when, you won't, when you won't be a competitor and won't be eligible to win, least favorite or worst. And before we quit talking about superlatives, I want to give a shout out to the tale of the magician's assistant, which wasn't the best at anything, but was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Moving on then. Now that we've wrapped up the awards, let's talk about the season as a whole, which we've actually done a lot of while talking about the awards. Yeah, this is just kind of the the culmination of it. Eli, what do you think of season two? Did it meet your expectations? What expectations did you have going into season two, and how did the results compare to those expectations? My expectations for season two were obviously established by season one. When we went into season one, I didn't know what to think, especially when the first episode was the tale of the Phantom Cab. I was so confused by that episode, I wondered where we were going from there. And it was a roller coaster right after that. Going into season two, I kind of knew what to expect then. I knew that the stories were going to be all over the place and that they were going to be every different genre. And I knew that the show was capable of really great things and also really bad things. I feel like season two exceeded my expectations for what the show could do and never once hit a low lower than what we did in the first season. It expanded the possibilities without increasing the risk of failure. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I agree that I don't think we got anything as bad as the Tale of the Hungry Hounds. I have to say, I was just maybe a little bit... I mean, disappointed is a strong word. Here's the thing. This season has some of the best episodes in the entire series. This season has at least three episodes that I would call, like, classics. I wasn't quite prepared for the really crappy run of episodes we had in the middle, though. The good episodes in this season are all great. The bad episodes, again, they're not as bad as Hungry Hounds, which is like the benchmark, but 
we got kind of a run of mediocre episodes in a row with the tale of uh, the Dream Machine, the tale of the Dark Dragon, the tale of the Frozen Ghost ended up being kind of disappointing, the tale of the Whispering Walls was bad, and then they kind of pull it out at the end with the last four episodes. I would actually say that overall, the average score, if you took the worst episodes of season one and gave them a score for how bad they were, like if you ranked each episode on a scale of one to ten, and then you took just the bottom like half of that i i feel like they would average out to be higher than season two even though season one had the tale of the hungry hounds which was our least favorite episode thus far i think that all of the other bad episodes of season one were mediocre i think that the bad episodes of season two were all just barely better than the tale of the hungry hounds i think that the Tale of Locker 22 is almost as bad as The Tale of the Hungry Hounds, and sort of the ridiculousness of it is what saves it. I think that The Tale of the Dream Machine is the creepiest, most uncomfortable episode we have in regards to gender politics and uncomfortable characterizations. I think The Tale of the Dark Dragon makes no sense and is weird and bad. It's got more episodes that I would never want to watch again than season one does. Yeah, that's that's a good way of explaining it. Do you feel like they took more more or fewer chances this season? With season one, I mean it's oh, easy gosh. to say it's easy to say that they were doing a lot of experimenting and trying different kinds of stories. But I don't think that season two took more chances than season one. I think that the things that they refined, when they refined them, like when they hit, they hit harder and they hit better. When they failed, they failed often more spectacularly. I think if I had to watch another season again, I might pick season one. Yeah, yeah. I think, again, season one averages out better than season two. It has fewer highs, but it also has fewer lows. Is there anything else left to say about season two? I mean, we've spent, you know, 14 episodes now talking about it. Yeah, I think we have one last thing to say about season two. And maybe we could have saved it until the beginning of Season 3, which is when Are You Afraid of the Dark deals with it. But because we know what's coming, I think we should go ahead and say some goodbyes. Sadly, the tale of Old Man Corcoran is the last we're going to see of two kids who have been with us from the beginning, the young lovers themselves, Kristen and David. It's as though this show wants to break up every relationship that I find interesting. I like to think that they eloped together, and that's why they disappeared. I like to think that the gods hate Frank, and they're taking away everyone close to him. Now that would be a scary twist. I mean, it was David that brought Frank into the Midnight Society, and David's leaving. And it was... Oh, fuck, what was the kid's Eric. name? It was Eric that tortured Frank, and then he disappeared too. Who tortured who in that relationship? <laughs> I, for one, will be sad to see David and Kristen leave. I feel like of the members of the Midnight Society, with maybe the exception of Gary, they have the two best-defined personalities and, like, storytelling themes. Yeah, I think that we always kind of know what we're getting with David, and we always know what we're getting with Kristen. That's not something that we can say for everyone in the Midnight Society in the same way. Um, You know, I don't feel like I know Kiki's storytelling style as well as I know Kristen's. And I don't feel like I know Frank's storytelling style as well as I know David's. Even Gary, I don't know as well as the two of them. And so it'll be sad to see them go. Even if I wasn't the biggest fan of all of Christian's stories. We don't know where they wind up, but wherever they are, 
Farewell, Kristen and David. I've got one. Whoa, he speaks. My story's got to do with this kid and his bike. And a love that is so strong, it can survive anything. Even magic. The kind Gary likes. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, th I thought about that, just doing a montage of David saying sorry for like five minutes. We'll never get a sorry as good as David's. No one's sorrier to see him go than I am. Good story, Dave. Surprised? So whatever it is, hope she gets here soon. It's the makeup. It's always the makeup. If she's not beautiful, she stays home. She'll be here. She's got a great story. story's a little different. story that's guaranteed to give everyone a massive case of the shoe. It has been told around many campfires. I am here to tell the one true version. good news is, as soon as we come back in Season 3, we actually get introduced to new characters. And that's the first time that's happened, right? Yes. We, so far, we've only lost the people that we, we've gotten to know. And our next episode, The Tale of the Midnight Ride, which is going to be directed by Deja McHale and written by Darren Cotania. Well, hold on, David. Alright, alright. Getting ahead of myself, sorry. Because before you start introducing Season 3 and talking about who our storyteller is going to be, I have a little surprise for you. A surprise, you say? Yep. You remember when you were a kid and you'd go to the library and you'd check out a compilation of episodes from your favorite shows? Yeah. And those compilations were always on a theme, right? Usually, yes. For example, I always enjoyed the Muppets compilation called Muppet Weird Stuff, which was hosted by Gonzo, and was a lot of it was a lot of clips from different episodes, and they were all really strange. That sounds up your alley. Well, I'm I have here a little VHS tape. Just gonna blow the dust off of it for a second. 
And it says, Scariest Episodes of Rugrats. My god. Dykus, we're a podcast it does exist. about reviewing... <laughs> they do exist. <laughs> we're a podcast about reviewing the scary... We're a podcast about reviewing Nickelodeon's hit horror series for kids from the 90s. And what better way to celebrate that than to take a little little break from Are You Afraid of the Dark and review the scariest episodes of Rugrats. Now, as a dis- uh, full disclosure, everyone, I'm completely making up this VHS tape that I'm pretending to hold in my hand right now. It doesn't exist, and even if it did, you wouldn't be able to see it because it's a podcast. But we're going to watch the one where Angelica imagines she has a baby brother, oh. and he's a giant. Oh, no, I'm not ready for that one. I'm still scared of that shit. <laughs> and lastly, the one where the Rugrats face the greatest fear of all, the existential fear of death, with a bug. <laughs> Eli, what did we do to deserve this? Well, as you know, our Patreon-only subscribers have been giving us a whole lot of money, oh. and one of the reward one of the reward tiers was that we would let everyone else hear episodes of our Rugrats podcast, You Dumb Babies. <laughs> but I thought you were so, going to start our critic podcast, The Critique. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta save that podcast, Dykus, because we've got work to do before next week. I need you to get some diapers, a screwdriver, a VCR, and some Reptar cereal, and meet me at my place. Eli, where am I gonna find... But they stopped making... What are people going to say when I... Oh, here it goes. Good night, folks. Thanks for joining us for the Freddy's, and we'll see you next week for a special episode of You Scared of This, the You Dumb Babies edition. What the fuck are we even doing anymore? <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. So don't touch that dial or read the room Cause they always in the sum no front And you don't wanna miss it It's double K like two the good ways Keenan and Kel I should have said Kel and Keenan And you gotta watch Keenan Cause Keenan be screaming with a plan or a plot To make it to the top But they kinda in